Welcome to Answers from Antioch. You have joined us at the intersection of God's Word and today's world. This broadcast is brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Join us as we examine information that impacts the church, the Christian, and the Christian home. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Josh Davis filling in for Pastor Brad Davis. It's my joy and privilege to get to be with you today. Thank you so much for spending a few moments with me as we look in God's Word and grow in Jesus Christ. I want to challenge you from God's Word as part of our broadcast today and remind you of some special things that will be happening soon. So let's get to those reminders and then we'll jump into the Word of God together. Coming up next Sunday, November the 6th at 4 p.m., There's going to be an important prayer rally, and that'll take place at the Cumberland Square Park in downtown Bristol, Virginia, on the corner of Cumberland Avenue and Lee Street. And we would love to see you there. Come and join us as we seek the face of the Lord together. This is not a political rally. Rather, it's just an opportunity to seek God's face in accordance with His Word praying over our national sins and asking God to have mercy upon us. And if he would be so merciful as to move in a mighty way through his Holy Spirit in these days that we live. If you can't join us in person, would you join us in prayer? Would you set aside some time next Sunday to seek the face of the Lord? As we know, there's an important election coming up that following Tuesday, November 8th. And we are seeking God on behalf of our country. Again, that prayer rally will take place at the Cumberland Square Park next Sunday, November the 6th. It begins at 4 p.m. If you plan on coming, please bring a lawn chair or something that you can sit on and be a part of that service. It's scheduled to last approximately one hour. And so... Whatever the weather is, we're going to go forward with the service, and we invite you to join us there in prayer. And then also mark your calendars for Thursday, November 17th at 7 p.m. right here at Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. The Hoppers will be singing. We're looking forward to a wonderful night of worship with them. We would love to see you and get to fellowship together with you. Most of the churches in our area don't have a regular service on a Thursday night, so we thought this would be a good opportunity for many Christians to come together and worship God together. Again, that's Thursday, November 17th at 7 p.m. here at Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. No tickets are needed. No reservations are needed. Seating is just first come, first serve. Doors will open at 6 p.m., that day. You can find out more information on our church website, AntiochBristol.com. And today was a special day in the life of our church. It was our annual Old Fashioned Sunday. I, had the, I have the privilege of teaching our middle school and high school Sunday school classes. And I love working with young students. It's just something God has burdened my heart. One of the great things that I love about it is seeing them growing in the Lord at such a young age, seeing them give their life to the Lord and growing in Him. That's a beautiful thing to watch. But some of them asked me, what is Old Fashioned Day? Why why does our church have that? 
you know, for us as Baptists, I think sometimes we look for any excuse to have a, a, a service where you can have a meal <laughs> afterwards. And so our old-fashioned day, though, goes beyond just another excuse for a wonderful meal. But certainly we do enjoy those things. It's really focused on remembering the heritage of faith of generations bygone. I think of it as Moses commanded the children of Israel to set up stones, remembrance stones. And you go into the book of Joshua and you see Joshua saying the same thing, set up these stones as a remembrance so that when we pass this way again and your children ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can explain that to them. You can tell them how God brought us across this body of water, how that God brought us into the land that He promised to our forefathers. And in some very small way, I believe that old fashioned days, homecoming Sundays, these kinds of special days really cause us to stop and to think about the Christian heritage that we have. You may say, Well, I don't have a Christian heritage. You don't know my family, you don't know my ancestors. But we can look at those who were faithful to the Lord, those who served the Lord faithfully. Uh, Just this week, I came across some papers from a a pastor and a preacher that I had the utmost respect for. He passed away almost 10 years ago now in his 90s. And he invested into me. He was such an encourager to me to stick with it, to keep going forward, to keep pursuing Jesus, to keep growing in my knowledge of him and of his word. He was such an encouragement to me. I came across some of the things that he had written, some of the things that he had handed to me. And it was a blessing just to be able to sit back for a few moments and to reminisce on him. So maybe you don't have a great Christian heritage in your individual family. But think about those godly pastors who are now with the Lord. Think about godly church members who have invested in you and who have encouraged you that are now with the Lord. Let's not forget their legacy. Let's not forget their memory. Let's continue to call them up and to remember them in a lovely way so that generations to come will enjoy the same kind of faith that we have and that we've been able to enjoy for quite some time now. I praise God for the heritage of faith that I have received. And not to belittle anyone else or to make anyone else feel bad, but I just want to praise God for just a moment for the heritage that He has allowed me to have as I think about my godly grandparents and my godly parents. And I am reaping the benefits of generations who have been faithful to the Lord who have been faithful to church, been faithful to their families. And I am reaping those blessed benefits. Dear friends, it does pay to serve Jesus. I don't mean in terms of money. I'm not talking about a big bank account. But you are investing in future generations when you walk closely with Jesus and when you follow him every step of the way. You are sowing seeds that will impact the future generations for Jesus Christ. Be faithful to him. Seek him. Stand for him. I want to share with you a devotion that God 
blessed me with and, and helped me to put down just a couple years ago as my family and I took some time around this time of year to go down to Cades Cove. Don't we live in such a beautiful neck of the woods, as they say, northeast Tennessee, southwest Virginia, especially fall of the year? I mean, people are tripping over each other to go see the leaves and see the mountain leaves. But there's there's nothing much more beautiful in my mind in all of God's creation than seeing the Appalachian Mountains this fall of the year. And we were on a, a similar trip, and unfortunately we were stuck in a big crowd of people trying to see those leaves. But we were in the Cades Cove area, which is part of the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, for those who may not be familiar with that particular area. And we had a wonderful experience on that day, and I want to share that with you as we're reminiscing about generations gone by, about the way of worship in days gone by that perhaps we are missing in our generation. And so we were able to get out of town and we were able to enjoy the fall season. And during part of that short trip that we took a couple years ago, we went to Cades Cove. Man, it's such a beautiful, picturesque place. Uh, You can see what life was like there for the folks who lived. uh, And the community was there from the early 1800s until the early 1900s when the National Park began to take shape and everybody uh, moved out and sold their land in order to make the National Park. We stopped into one of the historic church buildings that are there in the cove. It's just a simple wooden structure. The flooring, the walls, the ceiling were all just wooden planks, rough sawn, uh, 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 milled wood. The pews were just simply wooden boards. In other words, no padded pews in sight. You know, can you even imagine that in our day walking into a church and they don't even have a padded pew? Can you imagine? But uh, speaking about creature comforts, there were some windows and there was an open door. For ventilation, hey, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? And near the uh, front of the church, there was a covered hole in the ceiling where a stovepipe once would carry smoke from a wood-burning stove. Although the stove had been removed, you could still see the remnants of that hole in the ceiling. There was no electricity in that building, which means they had no lighting. They had no mood lighting. They had no stage lighting. They didn't have any dimmer switches. They didn't even have a thermostat in there. Can you imagine? No thermostat to control their heating. No air conditioning in that place. No sound system because they don't have electricity. No soundtracks to play. There's no internet there. Man, can you imagine a place that doesn't have internet access? Some of you probably just began having heart palpitations thinking of such a thing. No website for this church. No social media account for this church. They didn't even have a telephone in there. They didn't have a microphone in there. They didn't have a computer. No projectors. No live stream of their service. No refrigeration. There was no plumbing. No electricity. No plumbing. What happens when there's no plumbing? No bathrooms. No baptistry inside. No cold water to drink. There was no nursery for the babies. They didn't have any Sunday school classrooms. They didn't have a children's center. They didn't have a youth center. They didn't have a welcome center. They didn't have an office. They didn't have a library. They didn't have a coffee shop. They didn't have a gym. They didn't have a fellowship hall. They didn't have a Christian school. 
They didn't have a daycare. They didn't have a Bible college. They didn't have a church kitchen. Can you imagine a church without a church kitchen? I think some of you probably started having heart palpitations when I mentioned that one too. It was around 2 o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon when we were there, and we found a place to park in the gravel lot. And can you imagine? They didn't even have a paved parking lot. And to our surprise, as soon as we got out of our car, we could hear the strains of Amazing Grace coming from a guitar and a banjo and harmonica. It was wafting out the building, coming from inside the church. And as we climbed the steps and entered the church, the pews were half full as curious tourists just like ourselves were shuffling in and out, trying to catch a glimpse of the past. There were three white-haired men that stood in front of everyone with their instruments in hand. And by the time we reached a pew, they began playing How Great Thou Art. It's one of my favorite hymns of the faith. After they did an instrumental verse and chorus, the harmonica player laid aside his instrument and he began to sing the first verse. And by the time that he reached the chorus, the whole congregation of tourists spontaneously burst into a choir of joyful worshipers. Then sings my soul, my Savior, God to thee, how great thou art. And I just want to tell you, the Holy Spirit moved into that place and stirred in my soul with a spirit of worship to my Lord. And after that song, the musicians took a break. No preaching taking place right then, right there. I wanted it to go on. I wanted to continue worshiping the Lord. But we stood and shuffled out to let other curious tourists have our place. I could feel a lump in my throat as we were walking down the front steps of that little country church. I knew the Lord was in that place. And being a Baptist pastor, I had half a mind to go grab my Bible out of the car and ask him, let me say a few words. You know, I was ready to go to meeting, as the old timers used to say. And here's the point that I'm making in all of this. We can have everything to worship with and still miss the God we are there to worship. If we're not careful, if we're not careful, we can easily become distracted by all the quote-unquote stuff of church. It's even possible to serve in ministry week after week, month after month, year after year, without worshiping Jesus. Where do I see this in Scripture? I think the church of Laodicea that's mentioned in Revelation chapter 13 Verses 14 to 22 really fits the bill for the kind of church I'm talking about that has forgotten Jesus. They thought their local church had it all together, but Jesus told them they were spiritually bankrupt. When you have time, I encourage you to read this section of Scripture. Let me point out to you briefly here, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 17. This is what Jesus says to this church at Laodicea. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. They had pushed Jesus Christ to the periphery of their church. And as it goes on to tell us there in verse 20 of the same chapter, Revelation chapter 3, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Sometimes this verse is quoted to the unsaved, that Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart and he wants you to call upon him and to be saved. And truthfully, there is that application to this passage, but that's not the primary application, nor is it the primary interpretation of this passage. Again, context tells us that this is spoken to this local church. In other words, this is being spoken to believers, not to unbelievers. Jesus is pushed to the periphery of this local church. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Sup is one of those good old southern words, and uh, we use that here, and I hear it every now and then myself. It just talks about a, a spirit of fellowship. It's not talking about salvation in this verse. It's talking about greater oneness with Jesus, greater fellowship with Jesus Christ, our Savior. And so we would see that they had pushed Jesus to the periphery of their church life. Notice these relational terms used here. He stood ready to return to his proper place in the local church, but they had to make the first move of repentance. Notice what it says in Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. This is Jesus' call to this church. Repent. You have left your first love. You have pushed me out. You are lukewarm, he tells them in verse 16. And his call to them is to repent. He says, I'm waiting with open arms to renew this relationship with you, to come and be close to you again. But you first need to repent. So let's consider this. Could it be that one of the hindrances to a great move of God in our day is that Jesus is kept on the periphery of our worship and of our church life day after day, week after week, month after month? Could it be that we have just focus so much on making the church attractive to the world that we have lost our attraction for our Savior. You know, could it be that our busyness in the work of ministry has caused us to lose focus on the God that we're supposed to be serving? And could it be that we care more about the tangible, quote-unquote, stuff of church than we do the head of the church? Please don't get me wrong. I thank God for the many wonderful facilities and ministry tools He has blessed our generation with. You know, I'm using a computer. I'm using a microphone. I'm taking advantage of the internet. I'm taking advantage of radio. And I'm sharing these things with you. God has blessed us with these tools. I'm not saying go in and get rid of all these wonderful things. I'm not saying go into the church and rip out all the toilets. God forbid. But what I am saying is that when buying and using and maintaining these tools becomes our focus instead of Christ, we have pushed him to the periphery. 
and in busyness. We get so busy that we are running to and fro, doing this, doing that, just trying to maintain things. And we miss Jesus. And accidentally, not intentionally, we push Jesus to the periphery in our life and in our ministry and in our local churches. Each local church and each local church ministry must make its spiritual excellence the top priority and pursuit. Yes, 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 it is important to pursue excellence in every aspect of ministry, in your facilities and everything. But just like that Laodicean church, it is possible for a church to excel in their financial health and in the health and uh, greatness and beauty of their facilities, but simultaneously be spiritually poor. To help you make this a little bit more concrete, ask yourself this very difficult question. How much of my worship, how much of my ministry could still continue even if Jesus is not God? Would business just go on as usual with your local church and with your local ministry even if Jesus is not God? If that's the case, you've pushed him to the periphery. With all the modern ministry must-haves and this little historic church did not have, I believe the one with a capital O, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one it did have was the most important one of all. Let me say a prayer for us at this juncture, and I'll come back with some more comments after that. Heavenly Father, I just ask you to forgive us. Your word tells us there in Revelation chapter 3, verse 19, that we need to repent when we have pushed Jesus to the periphery. So I just want to simply and humbly do that right now. And even for those who are listening, I pray that they would join me in a spirit of prayer. Forgive us for misplacing our focus. Uh, Our focus in church so often is on everything else and everyone else but Jesus. Forgive us, God, for allowing the stuff of worship to become an idol that we worship. Forgive us for making worship all about ourselves, Lord, instead of all about Jesus. Make us keenly aware of the ways in which you are not the focus of our worship in our lives. Help us to get back to the heart of worship. It's all about Jesus. Help us as worshipers of Jesus to get back to simply worshiping Him in our churches, lifting up the name of Jesus. God, help our churches to be known for spiritual well-being above and beyond everything else. May you receive the honor and the glory and the praise every time we gather for worship and every day of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. As I said, at Antioch today is our old-fashioned day. And these are the kinds of things that I want my kids to see and my kids to understand that church isn't all about all the extra bells and whistles, but church is all about Jesus. That's the heritage that I want to continue passing down. That's why we continue to have this kind of old-fashioned day. That's why I love it when some of our young people begin to ask, what is this day all about? Why do we have this day? Friends, it's simply a time to refocus on Jesus, to get back to the basics, to remind ourselves 
of who it's truly all about. It's not about us. It's all about Jesus Christ. And I praise His glorious name for that. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Answers from Antioch, brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. I invite you to connect with us on our church website. That's AntiochBristol.com. Here I go again, talking about websites, talking about technology. But I am grateful that we have these tools because it allows us to be connected together. And these things aren't bad in and of themselves, but they can become a distraction if we're not careful. We need to be sure that we're honing in on Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And if you tuned in late, let me also remind you of two very important and special things happening very soon. One will be next Sunday, November 6, at 4 p.m., a prayer rally taking place in downtown Bristol, Virginia, at the Cumberland Square Park. Please bring something comfortable to sit on, a lawn chair, something like that. And the service will last about one hour. Again, it's not a political rally. It's simply churches and Christians coming together to seek the face of our God, to get back to Jesus, to see our churches revived, our churches on fire for the Lord. And and that's the whole emphasis of this time of prayer. We invite you to join us again next Sunday, November the 6th. 4 p.m. is the time at the Cumberland Square Park, downtown Bristol, Virginia. And it is my sincere prayer for our churches, for our Christian schools, for all Christian ministries, that we would not lose our focus on Jesus Christ. It's He that we need to focus on. We can be financially healthy. We can have the best facilities in town. Christian schools can produce the greatest scholars and the greatest athletes the world has ever seen. But if there's not that emphasis on spiritual health, it's all for naught. You know, I tell my kids, and I remind them of this every now and then, that I would rather you get C's and D's all the way through school and come out graduating loving Jesus with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, than for you to get straight A's, to be a star athlete, to be the most popular kid in school, and leave that place a hypocrite, leave that place not loving Jesus, not right with God, living for yourself, living for the world. Oh, how I would rather have a spiritually healthy child than to have one that was successful in sports and every other area of life. And and I hope that you get my heart behind that. And I'm not saying that it's got to be one or the other. It can be both and. God can use those who are smart and have a heart for Him simultaneously. It doesn't have to be one or the other, but I think that you understand my heart behind what I'm saying. And that really goes back to what I was sharing with you from that story that we experienced and what I desire for our churches to be. You know, the other things can be pushed to the periphery. The facilities can wait. But if we're not right with Jesus, it doesn't matter how pristine our facilities are. If if we don't have Jesus as the central focus, it doesn't matter how professional 
our live stream looks or anything else for that matter. We've got to be sure that we are right with the Lord and that we have him at the central focus. And again, that's the emphasis of the prayer time coming up next Sunday. We invite you to join that. Please visit our church website if you've got any questions or if you'd like to reach out to us and contact us. It's all available right there. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. May God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to visit our website at antiochbristol.com. There you will find many ways to contact us and connect with us and so much more. Until next time, stand firm in Jesus' truth.